Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the By His Grace podcast. I am thrilled that you are here with me today. I am going to bring you another interview from the National Religious Broadcasting Conference. While I was there hosting the Spark Conference in conjunction with the NRB, I got to meet some really, really cool people and did some amazing interviews. And one of those that I want to share with you today is from Dr. Hormaz Shariat. Now, Dr. Shariat grew up in Iran as a Muslim and became a follower of Jesus in 1980 after he did a comparative study of the Bible and the Quran. Now, Dr. Hormaz has a PhD in artificial intelligence, and he also holds bachelor's degrees in Bible and theology. We had a fantastic conversation that I'm going to share with you in a minute, but I want to share some statistics from his website because they are staggering to me. Since 2001, his organization, Iran Alive Ministries, has donated 200,000 Bible studies. They have distributed those in the country of Iran. Now, this is the one that really gets me. 14,000 decisions have been made for Christ since 2020. Is that not incredible? People are coming out of darkness and into the light in Iran in record numbers. He also has 2,000 students enrolled in training to serve the Lord. His ministry, his ministry to the Iranian people is amazing. But this is the number that floored me. There are still 82 million people that are led captive by Islam. And the work that Dr. Hormaz is doing to shine the light of Jesus is changing lives. It's amazing. In 2000, Dr. Shariat followed the Lord's leading and founded Iran Alive Ministries, which utilizes satellite TV to reach millions of lost and broken people in Iran and the rest of the Middle East. They broadcast from their studio in Dallas 24-7 all over the Middle East, and as a result, People are trusting the Lord and are coming to Jesus like no other time in history. Dr. Hamoz's passion for Muslims stems in part because his brother was murdered at the age of 16 due to a political change. After two years in jail, he was executed by a firing squad. But God showed up and showed him that the best way to respond to this tragedy was to dedicate his life to loving Muslims and sharing the gospel with as many as possible. And he is definitely doing that today. Please welcome to the By His Grace podcast, Dr. Hormoz Shariat. Welcome to another episode of the By His Grace podcast. We are recording live on the NRB Expo floor 
here for the National Religious Broadcasting Media Convention. I have a booth on Podcast Row, and I am taking some podcast interviews while I'm here. So the way this works, for those of you that don't know, this is a huge media convention, and there's a media list, and people reach out, and they ask if you want to be interviewed. There's so many interviews happening, and I was approached about talking to a gentleman by the name of Hormoz Shariat, and he is doing some amazing things in Iran and in the Farsi language and helping the people of Iran come to Jesus. So welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I want to hear your story and I want to hear about the amazing things that are taking place in Iran. Well, not many people know what's happening in Iran. What you hear is the government and all their saying is we want to wipe Israel off the map and the uh, U.S. is a great Satan and use the developing nuclear bomb. But not many people know spiritually Iran is walking, Iranians are walking away from Islam and coming to Christ and very open to the message of the gospel. I was born as a Muslim in Iran and I came to United States to get my graduate degrees and that's when I got interested in becoming a good Muslim, by the way, uh, because the revolution had happened and I wanted to really serve Islam. But being a scientist, uh, I have a PhD in artificial intelligence and I researched in that field for many years. So think coming from intellectual point of view, I said, if I want to commit my life to Islam, I, I better study it, even though I knew a lot. So I studied Quran and I was not satisfied. I said, if God has written another book, let me read that book too. So I got a Bible and uh, read a little bit of Old Testament, jumped to Matthew, and I encountered Jesus there. And wow. uh, he's not the prophet that the Islam introduces. So after a few months of struggle, I came to hear the simple message of the gospel. Uh, and I responded to it. My life was changed. And I got excited about sharing that with others. Okay, and so tell me how you started to share that with others. Uh, first, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one, uh, it was hard, by the way. It was because I'm an introvert, shy, uh, nerd, bookworm kind of person. I was more comfortable with books than with people. But once I got saved, the Holy Spirit in me was saying, you have to share. And it was so hard to speak up. And I started sharing with other people. And I felt like this. I feel. I hope everybody feels like that. The message of the gospel is a, is the answer to all kinds of problems. Your personal problem. You don't have peace. You don't have joy. You have anger. You're addicted. Whatever. The gospel is the answer. It can set you free. Jesus came to heal and to set free. And then it's an answer to all relational problems. I was at the verge of divorce. The Lord healed my marriage after we got saved. And I saw the power that it can change nations. So I felt, and I hope everybody feels the same way, it's selfish to keep that message to yourself. That's right. So being a shy person, it was so hard, but I started sharing the gospel with Muslims. And first it was hard, but then one by one came to Christ. I planted, I planted churches in Northern California, several churches in different cities. After September 11, we bought one hour of airtime from a secular channel, I'm talking about satellite television, 
and going over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes. And that one hour a week grew to be a 24-7. So that's what we're doing right now. We are beaming the gospel through satellite television 24-7. And we go over the heads of mullahs and they cannot stop it because the signal comes from the sky. We go to the privacy of people's homes who have already rejected Islam. So that, that's the good news. Yeah. Islam has experienced its greatest defeat in Iran, in the, its history in Iran. So here the people open to the gospel. I go there, share the gospel. We see thousands come to Christ every month. Thousands come to Christ every, every month. month. That is amazing. Now, I want to know, how do you minister the gospel to someone who is a Muslim? So if I were to encounter a Muslim, how would I want to share my faith with them to tell them about Jesus? First, you have to know that all Muslims are not the same. So you have to kind of find out what kind are they. There's Muslims who are very prejudiced and closed-minded. Some are searching. Some are intellectual. Some have already rejected Islam, like Iranians. If you want to share the gospel with Iranians, I suggest you don't talk about Islam because they don't want to talk about Islam. Islam is done. And if you refer to Quran, it works against you. Say, so you, do you really believe in Quran? I don't, you know? So it's, that's why it's easier. Now, in general, I follow some rules of evangelizing Muslims. One, one is that power of love. Of course, everybody talks about it. But in a practical way, show interest in their belief. Don't be afraid to talk about God. In, a, in, in the West, you meet somebody, you don't j just start saying, let's talk about God. It's, it's odd. But not in those cultures. Talking about God, especially asking them, tell me about your faith, is a very good way to start. And let them talk. And in return, you talk about your faith. Now, I use some things, uh, for example, for Iranians. Iranians are done with Islam and they are hurt by the clergy, the Islamic clergy. So I use that. One way I shock them is when I meet them, I say, did you know God hates religion? I said, I thought you're a Christian. Yes, I'm a Christian, but God hates religion. So that's a good opening because religion has hurt them. Yes, yeah. So what are some other ways, some different ways that you have shared the gospel with them? I'm, I'm trying to find ways that's more general, but let me give you something that works for all Muslims. If you can compliment them and get them into the Word of God, this is what I do. I meet a Muslim and, you know, back and forth here, and, and if I find something good in their character, I say this, did you know you're in the Bible? Bible talks about you. Let me, let me show you. And like a Sermon on the Mount, I said, and let them read it. That's another trick. Yeah. Trip. Don't read the Bible. Just open and says, here, read it. It's you. For example, blessed are the peacemaker. You, you see a person, a Muslim who are supposed to be very violent, I would say negative towards people, but uh, uh, divisive. And the person is like likes to bring people together. It's against Islam's spirit. But said, you are in the Bible. Jesus talks about blessed are the peacemakers. Here, that's you. So, I would find reasons for them to read the Bible. I, for example, I open the Bible and says, oh, that reminds me of one verse in the Bible. Would you read it and tell me what you think about it and let them read it? That, that is powerful. God's Word is powerful. It is powerful. Now, let me ask you this. Are there churches popping up in uh, Iran that are Christian churches? 
or what does that picture look like? There was uh, there were churches and they were closed because there's a converting from Islam to Christianity in Iran is a dangerous decision. You can get arrested and be in jail. So they have closed all the building churches. The Iranians have no choice. They can't go to church in the, on the street. There's no church. Underground churches are under pressure. It's illegal to attend an underground church. So a Christian attending with other Christians could be arrested and be in jail for five to ten years because you gathered with other Christians, even if they are your friends and family members. doesn't matter. If you gather in the name of Jesus, you're in trouble. Sometimes I feel they believe in the power of church more than we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had other people on my podcast, and, and we've talked about this, because persecution, we don't have that in America the way other people experience that around the world. And so, um, so is the underground church growing? Or are people hesitant and holding back? Or what does that look like? It is growing. It's growing in numbers, and but they need help. They need help to mature. They need their healthy baby is naturally hungry for milk. So they have this supernatural hunger for Word of God. And that's what we do on our channel. And that's what masking. Those people say, how can we help? Come onto our channel, and if you have discipleship courses, if you... If you have a media ministry and you have a heart for the nations, come, let's disciple a nation. We have gathered, you've been on the air for 20 years, and you're, according to an independent survey, you're the most watched Christian channel in Iran with 6 million daily viewers. So I've gathered the crowd. Come and preach to them. That is absolutely amazing. So there, we have a very sweet lady that goes to our church who is from Iran, and my oldest son wanted to learn Arabic. He was into speech and debate and wanted to learn a foreign language and was looking at career options, and I said, I don't want you to learn Arabic. But I had this Christian lady who knew Farsi, and so I said, would you please meet with my son and teach him Farsi? I don't know how much he learned, but I do know that um, my my men are fans of Persian cooking. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know that they love a good gourmazabzi, and oh. I've actually learned to cook it, although I don't take 24 hours to cook it, so I'm probably not doing something right but they do like it. So what what is the daily life like in Iran? I mean, do, you, do you get to go and visit with, with the people there, or is it just the, the work you're doing through your media? Well, I'm not allowed to go back. Actually, the government of Iran loves for me to go back uh, uh, to arrest me and execute me because I get life threats even living in Dallas. Uh, they say, we'll find you and we'll take care of you. Uh, I share the gospel. They know we are doing underground churches, church planting. They don't like what we are doing, of course. But uh, for Christians in Iran, life is very hard. If they are found by the government, they lose their job, they get arrested. If a part of, they're part of a group, they att- attend the church, even an underground church, if they're distributing Bible, then there will be, for sure, torture. Torture because they want names of the people you know. So torture, long jail sentences as awaiting. So a Christian in natural would be in danger and in fear, except that the Holy Spirit is with them and they cannot be quiet. They have to speak up. They put themselves in danger and the spirit of 
fear has lifted them. That, that's another supernatural thing. Yeah. They're not afraid. Some people call our channel and we tell them, hey, be careful, be careful. Are you calling from your home? They say, we're, we're not afraid. One of them was saying, actually, the government is afraid of me. That's why they want to arrest me. They're yeah. afraid of our message. So these young people in Iran, they're not afraid. And one reason is, I've seen that, they have nothing to lose. They say, they kill me, they kill me. I have, I have nothing. So it's supernatural bravery to share the gospel, but also it's out of desperation. Yeah. I was just reading uh, Acts 1-8, and it says after that, the you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so we do have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to share the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. That's right. Yeah. yeah so, he, says, he says, I will not leave you yeah. to the ends of the world. So uh, can I share a little story? Yeah. The, the Christians who are arrested, Jesus says, I will not leave you. He doesn't leave. There was a young man trying to contact me and calling our call center every day several times. I want to talk to Pastor Ramos. I want to talk to Pastor Ramos. And they told me, this young man wants to talk to you. He calls several times a day. I said, ask him his story. Why is he wants to talk to me? And next day they said, he, he, was, uh, he came to Christ through our channel when he was 19. He learned how to share the gospel. And he did. He learned how to plant churches. He did. He never contacted us. By the age of 22, he had three or four house churches. And then he got arrested. And he has been in jail for five years now. And they have tortured him. And they let him go just for one week to get some medical attention. He has to go back. So he has only a few days. That's why he's calling you, because he has to go back to jail. I said, okay, I will talk, talk to him. So next day, they said, he, he's on the phone. I never forget that day. I was walking towards the phone. I was thinking, what is going to ask me? Let me prepare myself. Probably he's going to ask me, where was God when, they, when I was arrested? I was serving him. Why, if it's God powerful, why, why was I arrested? And by the way, where was God when I was being tortured? And where were you, Pastor Homos, when I was being tortured? You tell us to go out and share the gospel and we get in trouble. You're in America, rather safe. So I was thinking of that type of questions he's going to ask. I pick up the phone and I hear a sweet voice of a young man. Pastor Ramos, I insisted to call you because I want to encourage you to continue, to continue what you're doing. You are impacting a nation. I asked him, so what about your jail? What about your torture? He said, don't worry about us. Jesus never leaves us. He said, I had the honor of being tortured for Christ. Then he said, do you remember Psalm 23? I said, yes. He, said, he says, I've set a table before my enemies. I said, yeah. He said, I experienced that. Actually, he said, I had the honor of experiencing that verse in the torture chamber. My torturers were there, but my sweet Jesus was there also. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about us. Go. Go on. Come. What, is, what I was expecting and what I got, this is the grace of God on the persecuted church. Yeah. So what can we do in America, American Christians, what can we do besides pray? Is there anything that we can do? for the people in Iran who are being persecuted? I think there is one church and we need them and they need us. So we need them because they give us courage. They give us faith. They help us to focus on Jesus and not be afraid of persecution. We can learn from the obedience. Sometimes I feel in the West, we have a lot of knowledge, but little obedience. 
and they have little knowledge and a lot of obedience. So we can help each other. It's not the one-way thing that, oh, poor people, let's help them. We need to be blessed by them and learn from them. So what they need from us is training. They tell us, teach us the Bible. When I ask them, what should we pray for you? They say, pray for courage, not even protection. So keep, pray for courage and wisdom so we know what to do and how to advance the gospel in Iran. So wow. uh, one practical way, we have a 24-7 satellite broadcast. I'm on it two or three times a week. We have so many hours. We, I'm inviting people who have a mission, a media ministry, a heart for Middle East, come and join us, Disciple a Nation. You can contact us. I have uh, Michael Youssef, we have R.C. Sproul, we have several good teachers, but many, many more could join us because people on the other side are hungry. That is amazing. And so how can people get in contact with you if they want to help? Easiest way is to text the word Iran to a number. So when you want to put a number, somebody's phone number, don't put that. Put this, 50700. 50700. 50700. So and the word uh, you text is Iran, I-R-A-N. And I will send you a set of links. Links to some great testimonies, links to a website, how to get my book. I just wrote a book, God's Great Awakening. And you can contact me through those and, and tell me how you want to partner for us. We are making history. God is making history through us. And you too can be a history maker. I love it. I love it. Well, we will put all of that information in the show notes so people can find you. Hormoz, this has been an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk to you and hear your heart for the Middle East. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. <laughs>